This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join is their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. Let's talk about just dating after getting out of a serious relationship and then sort of relearning what modern dating is all about. The dating apps and the dating do's and the dating don'ts. That's what are <laughs> the rules. Yeah, the rules. <laughs> and then throwing out the rules and saying, fuck it to the rules. This is what our <laughs> guest here is here to talk about. Her name is Margot. She's 31 years old from Boston. She's been in San Francisco for 13 years. Yeah. It's a really long time. Well, I came out here for college and just never left. And I just 
Why saying. would you? Yeah. Why would you ever go back to Boston after this? <laughs> so many Bostonians on the show. We've had a lot. We have trouble life. here because we're very direct and people here have trouble with that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We need more of that, though. Margot has been using dating apps for quite some time after getting out of a serious relationship five years ago. How long was that relationship for? Uh, we lived together for about six years. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> a really serious <Yeah>. relationship. <laughs> And she has, let's just start off with this funny story. I I don't know much about it, but you had a moment where you arrived at a bar for a date. And then what happened? It was a classic example of like Margot trying to put herself out there. <laughs> but it had been a little while since I had gone on a first date. So I was kind of nervous. Um, and I walked into Cafe Muse and there was a guy sitting by himself at a table and we made eye contact and he waved at me. So I was like, okay, whatever. And I sat down. And we just like immediately started chatting, didn't introduce ourselves because I was just kind of nervous and whatever. And, um, you know, he kind of looked like the guy that I was going to there to see, but I didn't really like pay that much attention to it. What sort of date was this supposed to be? What it was app? like, it was a Bumble date. Okay. So it was the first date and we started talking and I was like, oh, so you're from the Boston area, 617 area code. He's like, oh no, Danville. And I was like, oh, maybe I like researched the wrong guy or something. You never know. Um, and then, you know, we were talking and looking at the wine list and then he's like, so how was Oxford? And I was like, oh, you mean, you mean USF? Uh, it was great. And he's like, oh, weren't you just like traveling abroad? And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure we're on the wrong day right now. And I kind of just ran away. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> you go to a bar, you're supposed to show up for this Bumble date. And this guy was there supposed to meet a date as well. Yeah, clearly. An online date. date too, yeah. And he thought you were the girl he was supposed to meet. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but you so quickly into this date, you find out that you're not there on the right About date. About 10 to 12 minutes in, we realized that it was definitely the wrong date. Did you order your wine at this point? Had not ordered the wine oh, yet, so that was good. Okay. <laughs> so funny. And then you ran away? Well, yeah. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my God, I think we're on the wrong date. Bye. And I like... <laughs> <laughs> because I, I felt another Bostonian thing. I hate being late. So I felt oh, super yeah. rude for my actual date. And I was just like, oh my God, sorry, bye. And my actual date was sitting at the bar. And of course, I walked up and immediately told him what had happened because I thought it was hilarious. But definitely didn't set a great tone for the but He probably thought nothing of it because everyone's perpetually 10 minutes late in San Francisco. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah and I was like mortified by being 10 minutes late. <laughs> this guy's date was super late. So eventually, so <laughs> I go up to the bar and the bartender is like, oh my God, I saw the whole thing go down. That was hilarious. <laughs> and, and she apparently met her fiance on Bubble too. But um, so she knew it was up. So eventually his date shows up and the bartender went over to take their order and she comes back. She's like, that girl looks nothing like you. Oh my She's like, I think he was just happy that you sat down and started talking to him. <laughs> and it did, was pretty funny. But did your guy look like this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it, though, because it's like you see this little photo, right? And it's yeah. like sometimes people don't look like their photos. Yeah. There's always that awkward moment when you walk people into the bar. the same after a certain point. Anyways, yeah. it's like, whatever. I was like, oh, I thought this guy's eyes were supposed to be brown. This guy has blue eyes. Like, there are a couple of things that took me <laughs> off, but... I always try to, like, be like, oh, I'm wearing, like, this. Uh, yeah, I should have so, done like, that. Yeah, but, I mean, I've totally had, like, not 
I've never sat down on the wrong date, but like I've had that moment <laughs> that I like look around. I'm like, where is my date? And it's someone that looks nothing like the photo. Oh, it's so awkward too. And then it's like the, do we handshake or hug? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I always go for the handshake and they usually go for the hug. And it's like, you know, it's the first time that you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of establishing boundaries for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just more appropriate to shake hands. People are just so awkward about it that they try to like go for the hug. And it's like, well, well, because pants right, is very kinda... formal. So I can see it's why yeah. but I feel like you do kind of need to earn a hug I would say <laughs> it's true yeah it's awkward I don't know I I change it up because yeah. I go for the handshake and they do the hug and I we do the handshake shake hug it's like super awkward mm-hmm. and then when you leave that's that's awkward too mm-hmm. like do I go in for a hug now or do I yeah so has this happened to anyone else or am I alone on this like I always seem to run into people that I've gone on like one or two dates with like all the time like there's one guy that lives on my block so I constantly mm-hmm. see him there's another guy that I would see in Starbucks all the time <laughs> And we had, like, the Starbucks guy, because I'd see him, like, literally every week. Yeah. But we just ignored each other and pretended, like, we didn't know each other because we had one date. That's weird. And it, like, didn't go. Like, it was just, like, one of those things that it was, like, not a good date. Yeah. So I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I feel like I should acknowledge him, but I didn't. Yeah. But now it became, like, too long that it's weird. Have you guys ever bumped into people? No. Probably, no. but I probably just like if it's if it's not gonna go past two dates, then I probably just forget about them anyway. So it's like, man, well, whatever. Yeah, I'm I've never. But I, I just never. feel like it's weird never, to approach them if yeah. like it didn't work out. Yeah, but you should still acknowledge yeah, each other. Yeah, just be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, How are you, you spent time with each other. I think it's just so awkward. I think it would be funny, Julie. You for yourself should should break the rules and just be like, hey, man, how's we it totally going? Know each other. Yeah, how's it going? yeah. <laughs> what like, have you been up to? Speaking of breaking the rules, Margo, you wrote in and said, you said this, breaking the rules of dating, many of the social constructs in place greatly disadvantage women. Early upfront communication can give us the information we need to make decisions and weed out folks whose dating goals aren't aligned. This sounds like the thesis statement to some sort of paper (laughs) that you're writing for Sociology 101. But the the thesis statement for the paper I'm writing in my head about, like, how do I actually want to approach things from now on? So when you say many of the social constructs in place greatly disadvantage women, what does that mean? Well, I think that I should probably say greatly advantage women who are actually looking for a relationship. Okay. Um, Okay. Because people are... Like in all different places, some people are just really looking to have a good time. Some, you know, I mean, it's, there's definitely such a wide variety of what people want, but I think communication is not really valued. People just sort of like ambiguously like wander around each other and don't, you know, it's like women are always waiting for men to sort of choose them. And Mm. I feel like, I don't know, there's no direct upfront communication in a lot of the dating that I've experienced. And, you Mm. know, I've had situations where I'll date somebody for like three months and then things are going great. Everything seems to be going fine, but there's never like a conversation about like hey what do you actually want where are you at Mm. and then like three months in it'll be like oh hey like just so you know you know I actually kind of like want to be single and work on myself right now I can't see like taking the next step and it's just like I've had enough of those conversations where I just like I don't want to be in that position anymore because I really don't want to waste another three months knowing what I know about myself and where I want to be. Yep. What I'm yeah. hearing from you is that these are your own personal experiences. Right. But and the experiences of a lot of my friends, too. Okay, okay. But yeah, what, what are these social friends. constructs that you're talking about then? The the fact that, you know, the guy sort of does the choosing. Like, if, 
it's going to go somewhere or not. Um, but so why is that? Why, why I do you don't know feel why like that the guys do <laughs> And that might be my own stuff. So more too. historic gender roles. But I think yeah. that was a thing. Mm. If you read any of like the dad dating books out there, right. it's like, do not text him first. Right. Right. Do not like wait a certain amount of time. Don't immediately reply. Right. And All I, of these games. I admit, play. like I used to do that stuff and it never actually help me any yeah. any relationship i've been in that's actually gone somewhere it's when i've totally ditched all of that oh absolutely yeah so i guess what are you doing to and i guess there's like a power then? dynamic it's like you know the second that you start like initiating texting or whatever they just like go away you know it's like no all of this weird stuff do you believe that or do you feel like that's not the case it i don't know i mean it might not be the case but it's been my experience well i think get like a little bit spooked when you're more direct Mm-hmm. Was there like a breaking moment? Was like there a specific person that you were like, this is not, I'm not being true to myself? Or was there like a series of things that happened? Well, I guess, I don't know. I think that my dating life in San Francisco for the past five years has been like a like a weird game of duck, duck, goose. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, you get like non-committal, fuck boy, like sociopath. And it's like, oh my God, where are the good ones? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized that I had these patterns and, you know, was ending up, uh, spending time with the same types of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of those people that I was meeting were very noncommittal. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure why that was. Like, girls, like, stay out of the marina or something. But <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're picking the wrong men, girl. Oh, well, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it's for a social sure construct. So, I don't think it's modern dating. I think you're just picking the wrong men. Yeah. You're picking well, the men that you're probably very drawn to their assertiveness and masculinity. Right. But at the same time, you're not respecting yourself enough to tell them what you're looking for. Right. Or have historically. Months. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. what are you doing now? I yeah. want to hear this breaking the rules. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm just communicating more. I think um, I've made a promise to myself that, you know, obviously the first couple of dates are to see if you actually want to be around this person and spend right. more time with them. Um, but if that is the case on, on both sides, then by the third date, I just kind of have a general conversation about like what are you actually looking for? Like where are you where are you at in your in your sort of dating? What are your goals? What are you looking for? And mm-hmm. just have like a really casual conversation about that. Just to understand to have the information that I need to understand where they're at and if that aligns with where I'm at. So why date number three? I don't know. It's just something that I picked. <laughs> okay. I guess okay. maybe just to even see if it's worth having that conversation. Yeah. Like if I don't even like you as a person, oh, I don't no. need to tell right. you. Exactly. Like. No, no, no. Exactly. And and if if that's the case and I don't like them as a person, then there probably won't be a third date right. anyway. So. Or vice versa. For yeah. some reason, they just fall off. Yeah. Then you don't need to have that conversation. Oh, you totally. have the answer. So yeah. when you talk about upfront communication, weeding out folks whose dating goals aren't aligned, it's just really talking about what are you looking for. Yeah. Right? Where are you at? I mean, some people are, you know, are loving the single life and that's totally great. Um, some people are looking for something more substantial. Some people just, it is kind of a gold rush town. So I feel like um, some folks aren't necessarily looking to stay here or settle down or, mm-hmm. or find somebody here. So just getting that information up front so that you can make a decision. First of all, what have been the responses since you've had these conversations? Well, I guess since since I sort of made this role of myself, I've only dated one person and it's gone really well. I mean, we sort of made a joke out of it, even our first date, that that we were just going to like talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about on the first date. Good. So I love that. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was great. It just like flowed really well. We got into like politics, religion. Um, yeah what we're actually looking for and it was all very well aligned and he actually was like hey do you want to come bowling with my friends so we like you know went out bowling and the date went from like 5 30 p.m to like 1 a.m when he walked me to my door so great and are you guys still dating yeah so what um 
I guess, what are you looking for? I am definitely looking to have a serious relationship with somebody that could, you know, that could lead somewhere. To marriage? Yeah, I would totally love marriage babies the whole the whole night. <laughs> gotcha. And you told this guy flat out all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to, <laughs> to hear that. But, uh, Why do you think you came to this realization? What happened? I, I really, I hate ambiguity. And just mm-hmm. like when you're dating for somebody for so long and there's no pathway and you have no idea where you stand, if they even really like you, if they yeah. see the future with you. That's such, a, such an uncomfortable feeling for me that when you're that, when you have that much discomfort for that long and you're sitting in that discomfort just because you think you're pleasing somebody else when, you know, maybe they're uncomfortable too and they don't know what you think of them in reality but you know that's usually when I like fuck things up when I'm just like really uncomfortable and don't know what's going on it's like when I start getting weird (laughs) yeah because you start overthinking and then you start doubting yourself and doubting the situation it spirals (laughs) but we also do that with our friends, I think we feed off of our friends. Do you feel like mm-hmm. your friends have the same kind of mentality what do you when mean? it comes to dating? Mm-hmm. Like it, you said, you know, I I had these experiences dating it, and a lot of my friends did too. Right. Part of growing up and becoming an adult, learning to listen to what you want and then acting on that. Mm-hmm. At least that's been my experience, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that some of my single girlfriends are also sort of coming into that realization. It's just about valuing your, valuing yourself more, and really, which I don't think that I ever like devalued myself, but yeah. I, I certainly wasn't speaking up for what I wanted and needed you know and I think that there's a lot of conditioning that that girls grow up with that's very much about like being agreeable and and just being the nice girl being Mm -hmm. you know there's this good girl bad girl dichotomy that we deal with that has a lot to do with pleasing other people Mm -hmm. and it's confusing when you you know when you sort of really try to adhere to that and be like a good girl by societal standards but then you realize that you're really not getting what you want or need Mm. and you kind of have to change that construct within yourself or at least you know I've had to Mm -hmm. sort of really really evaluate that and think about like but how is advocating for things that I want and need how does that make me a bad girl or a bad person if I know what I'm worth in a business situation I'm willing to negotiate for myself there why can't I do that when my heart is involved right that is a really great point I know personally this resonates with me because Mm -hmm. I've had issues also kind of stating my needs and that's when like resentment happens too so like I think just like having those conversations and putting it out like really goes a long way in so many ways yeah I think that people can be a little bit uncomfortable with real conversations or whatever but it's way better than the discomfort of just sitting you know for months and months without knowing what's happening so I'm interested in this idea of a good girl versus bad girl Mm. what are some actions of a good girl well I mean I think that's changing for me in my own head (laughs) yeah it's interesting and I think this is probably different for a lot of different women um, based on how they were raised and sort of what conditioning you get a lot of it is kind of societal stuff earlier in my 20s sort of asking for what I wanted and advocating for myself I might think of that is more selfish you know sort of like bad girl behaviors which you know Mm. now I'm learning it's like that's totally acceptable and great to do (laughs) I would say agreeable I think of yeah agreeable like a people pleaser is probably like a a good good girl girl. yeah and a bad girl like you said selfish and like stubborn or like not like not agreeable yeah not agreeable (laughs) yeah there's some you know there's stereotypes of your good girl who does everything morally right Mm -hmm. which is up for debate whether you know yeah. what that may be but there aren't as many very concrete actions of a good girl 
as opposed to a bad girl. I think mm-hmm. in this society, we jump to shaming bad girl behavior mm-hmm. much more than praising good girl behavior. Like totally. sleeping so, with someone on the first date. Sleeping with someone date. on the first date. But look at this too. It's like girl. the whole like slut shaming thing. It's like a guy and a girl sleep together early on and the guy is like, oh, you're a slut and they dump. But it's like, what are you? What does that make you? you <laughs> right. know? So many double standards that you run into and it's just like. I also have so many friends that are now married that slept with someone on yeah. the first date. Uh-huh. <laughs> And they, it wasn't like they were doing this all the time necessarily, but the connection was there. Right. And I personally have strong opinions on this that I don't think it matters. Like, I think Mm -hmm. if you sleep with someone and there's no connection, it doesn't matter if it's the first date or like Mm -hmm. the 10th date, but that's just my opinion. Not everyone holds that same opinion, but I think that's definitely historic, like, oh, this is a bad girl, but that's obviously very much changing with society. Yeah. But also the other thing that's kind of changing is that people are embracing the bad girl behavior. You know, mm-hmm. there's like shows about bad girl behavior. Isn't there a yeah, show called Bad, bad Moms? And bad, bad Moms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... It's like some, they're cool. Like it's they're, like cool to yeah. be bad. It's like cool to sleep with someone on a first day. It's cool to like bitch someone out because they did something to you. But... When I watch these shows, all these women are doing is basically standing up for themselves. Yeah. Right. But that's why I don't love this good girl, bad girl. Yeah. No, it's totally problematic. Yeah, exactly. It's totally problematic. And that's why I'm saying, like, let's break it all down and build something that works for us. And that's Mm -hmm. a personal thing. I think that, you know, different things work for different people. But personally, for me, the whole, like, good girl, bad girl thing is not working. So (laughs) it's not for me. I need to throw it out. (laughs) I think we're all a combination of good girl and bad girl. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's just a good girl and nobody's just a bad girl. Mm -hmm. And it's good to embrace both sides. Yeah. And everyone has different definitions of what good and bad means. Yeah. Very. And at the end of the day, you like what you like. (laughs) I'm still really surprised by the notion when you said um, men do the choosing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally something that, yeah. I'm actually very surprised that this notion still exists among women because I, I felt like it died down. But mm-hmm. I now realize that a lot of women do feel this way still. Right. But a lot of men would argue that women do the choosing. Right. But who, has like, that, who, has anywhere, it, who initiates yeah. the conversation, though, about, like, if, you know, are we going to be boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever you call it? Like, so that is, so that's also the other surprising thing is, like, if this is your life and you mm-hmm. want to take your relationship to the next level, why is it a question of who's the one to initiate right. this conversation? Yeah. It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over here at Dana. We've created a platform to connect you with vetted experts from our network to help with everything from coaching with dating, therapy, dating profile reviews, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts. So you can be anywhere. Listeners have been sharing how worthwhile their sessions have been with comments about how easy the coaches are to talk to, how they have provided a new perspective, and how they have created actionable ways to inspire change. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. Why is it a question of who's the one to initiate this conversation? I don't know. It doesn't have to be the guy. It like frustrates me that people, and men do the same thing. Men are like, I'm waiting for the girl to say it, or I'm waiting Hmm. for her to give me signals for, you know, that, that we're exclusive. But why are we waiting around for someone else to initiate when this is something you want? Yeah. If you want it, you bring it up. And if your partner is not aligned, get them out of the relationship. Why are you in this? Well, I've I've had bad experiences doing that and sort of initiating it. There's a guy that I was seeing um, a few years ago. And we were like on and off, like casual relationship for 
a couple of years and Mm -hmm. he just would not be in in a committed relationship with me, you know, which in retrospect, I really should have gotten out of that, but I kind of loved him. And so it was really hard, you know, once your emotions get involved and you really care about a person, yeah. it's way harder to yeah. stand up for yourself and get out of it because like, shit, you love the person. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Looking back on it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never get back together with him, him or mm-hmm. want to be in a relationship like that. But at the time, it was just a really challenging thing to navigate. At one point, I was like, how are we not boyfriend and girlfriend? Like right. we are, you know, doing everything together. We're mm-hmm. spending all this time together. You know, we're going on trips together and all of that. Mm-hmm. How right. are we not in a relationship? He's like, fine, I guess we kind of are. But mm. it was just like there was no emotional safety there whatsoever. No. So I think that's situation. what it is, though. It's the yeah. fear of losing it. And especially mm-hmm. like if you are emotionally invested, which is why it's yeah. good to do it like early on, exactly. like you were Before saying, day invested. three. Yeah, exactly. Get, get the information you need. Right. Because I have personally been there as well that like there's a notion that you can change them. So there's oh, yeah, that totally. piece. Because uh, sure. <laughs> they give you that glimmer of hope. Right. Yeah. But we need to start rinsing out these like old school notions yeah. of dating because there's still remnants of them right. somehow. They and, don't help. And it still feeds into how we date and how we view relationships. Totally. But we can't be scared to have these conversations. I it's, think a reason too why we're scared to have these conversations is that we're scared of the answer that we're going to get. Yeah. And if that's the situation, exactly. you probably know what answer you're going to get and, you, and then you're not going to get it. 100%. Yeah, if that's you're scared it. that your partner's not on the same page, you're probably not on the same page. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right end of it and also like people always say i don't want to scare him away yeah i don't i don't want to move things too fast but again everyone's on their own timeline so if you're ready for the next step you should express your needs and instead of thinking about like scaring someone off it's about aligning your needs like you said in the beginning margo it's i will express to you what i need in this relationship are you on the same page with your needs Am I fulfilling your needs? Are you fulfilling my needs? If we're not, can we work towards that? Mm-hmm. Or should we cut yeah, this loose now? Totally. Um, so I think instead of thinking about this as like scaring your partner away or doing something wrong, you're just trying to figure out if your partnership works. That's it. Yeah. But I think it all goes back to communication again, yeah. how you of say course. it, not what you say. Because if you just demand like basically like I'm going to leave if this doesn't happen, oh, like yeah, it's yeah. having it's a con- how you exactly, <laughs> ultimatum, like it, it's really how you say it. And like, yes. What- well, communication is just so important. I have um, somebody close to me who has been in a relationship, been married, but been in a relationship for 14 years and they never learned how to communicate and yeah. they never learned, you know, they're both kind of conflict avoidance mm-hmm. and things would build up and they just wouldn't address it and now you know they're they're going through a separation period mm. the good thing is that they're working on communication they're now working on these things but I can't imagine being with somebody for 14 years and just, just not. tiptoeing around each other but I and think you'd be surprised how many people are yeah I think that's what it comes down to too like we're saying that you're afraid of the answer you're gonna get yeah. but then I think it's like having the courage to like actually remember like well if I actually am really with this person, like, do I want to be tiptoeing around? Yeah. Yeah. Like and, if, I, if I can't yeah. have a conversation, like, I can't hear the way they react. Like, yeah. I need that. I need to know how that is going to be. And ideally, if you are with somebody, you know, you're in it for the good and the bad because that's how life is. There are right. ups and there are downs and you need to be in it together on the same mm-hmm. page because you're both going to go through periods of instability and whatnot. Yeah. You know, through the course of your life and you have to know that this person is going to have your back and you're going to have theirs. Definitely have talked about this in therapy. And I think for mm-hmm. me, like, I would just be like, okay, we disagree. Like this like could be a deal breaker, like end mm-hmm. where like fights and disagreements don't necessarily have to be the end at yeah. any way. It's more like 
this is where my needs are. This is where I'm coming from. Can you work with this? Yeah. And maybe it's also building up your own boundaries and figuring out what you want to need and how that works with another person because that's always, it's two people coming together who have different Exactly. Like I sometimes can be neurotic about like plans and I get a lot of people because I'm from Boston also. (laughs) Yeah, I hear that. And I get a lot of people, especially that are from California or a little more like Lucy with it. So it's mm-hmm. like maybe there's a middle. It's like not like what works for me isn't going to necessarily work for them. Yeah, but it's like finding that middle ground with someone. In couples therapy, they teach you um, negotiations between mm-hmm. couples. And it's not about compromise. It's about negotiating. So the hmm. way they teach you is one person states, this is my need. This My need comes from this feeling. Mm-hmm. And would you consider doing this? Yep, exactly. So one example is, I'm feeling unsupported in this relationship. I need more support from you. Would you consider sitting down with me once a week to talk about some of my insecurities? Like that could be a, one mm-hmm. negotiation. And your partner comes back and says, I hear your need. I, I validate your feelings. Now, would you consider sitting down? Uh, I, I will take you up on your offer once a week. Would you consider sitting down with me once a week and talking about my insecurities? So it comes from the negotiation and the end goal is never Mm -hmm. like, are we right for each other? It's always how do we work towards a better partnership? Mm -hmm. And the, the reason why they teach you this is because if you don't communicate in a way of negotiation, then that's when the game playing comes mm-hmm. into play. When <laughs> you, you had a better couples therapist than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the major takeaway was you never want to leave room for assumptions. Mm. If there's a little bit of room for assumption, that's when game playing starts. And mm-hmm. that's when people become very black and white in their decisions. I'm going to end this relationship and test how he feels about yeah. me. Right? People do this all the time. Oh, yeah. The constant testing and like playing games. And that's what ruins the relationship. And then that person yeah. doesn't know you're testing them. They think that you just do want to yeah. end the relationship. They're yeah, like, exactly. fine, I'll find someone else. Yeah. And it's like, and that's yeah. not a partnership. That's a me versus you battle. Exactly. To see who wins. I think what you Which said. Is not fun. <laughs> no. Or helpful. What you said, the way you said it was very different too than like accusing someone of like, oh, you make me feel insecure. Or like, mm. yeah, well, you do you that. You have to keep it about how you feel. It's not necessarily that a person, you know, and this is, I think that this is true for a lot of things. People, there's this whole saying like, oh, this person should make me happy or this person should make me this way. But that's not their job. And no. putting that kind of pressure on somebody is just kind of... Oh, yeah. It's not up to a person to make you happy. It's up to yourself to, yes. to sort of be in a place where you can be happy. And maybe you can be happy with a person. Maybe you can't. But it's no one's job to make you happy. It's, well, that was like the Jerry yes. Maguire, like, outlash that's happened. That's like, you know, it's like, you complete me. And it's like, no, no I was completed before. Totally, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. line that we all found so romantic 10 years ago. Yeah. Yes. But that's the thing. Well, that's it's, the problem. It's yeah. like, you have to know, again, in dating, in relationships, you have to know what you have control over and what you don't have control over. You do not have control over what your partner thinks or does, you don't have control over that. Or feels. Or feels. But you have control over your own feelings and your own actions. Your partner, like you said, Margot, cannot make you happy. But you can allow for your partner to make you feel happy. Right. That's a difference. Mm -hmm. So when, when we look at dating as well, I know so many people who are like, oh my God, I'm still waiting for this phone call. Or oh my God, I'm still waiting for this text back. And it's making me upset. We had a girlfriend who canceled on an event because a guy didn't text back and and it made her so upset. Hmm. That is really unfortunate because this is your life 
and you can control your life and you can live the way you want to live and to have someone else, give someone else the power yeah. right. to have you cancel your, your plans life. and right. disrupt your life, that is really unfortunate. You yeah. really have to evaluate your relationship at this point. Yeah, right. or also how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your time. Yeah. Yes, yes. But we can't overcompensate for this because then we get a bunch of very strong women who are like, I don't need no man and like I I make myself happy and I'm a strong, independent woman. It's still about a a negotiation, right? So we still have to listen to our partner's needs. And I think that ties back to like, like why do women assume that the man has to be the one that leads Mm -hmm. and that... I think part of it's like... And is that even true? It's like, you know, men don't really approach women in bars anymore. So, no. like, are they the ones right. having the coffee? You know, has this shifted in some way that I wasn't aware of? Or, yeah. But then yeah. women <laughs> complain about that. So, it's like, could you just step it up and do it yourself? But right. then there's, like, just all, like, I think because we've been ingrained with all yeah. these, like, rules for so long. Like, that awful book, The Rules. too many romantic yeah, comedies. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yes. that's, like, what put it in everyone's head. But I don't think that even if women are going to step up like meet her halfway and it doesn't have to be like oh I'm always the one texting it can go back and forth yeah absolutely we all should just be equal partners in this whole thing instead of trying to guess what the other person's thinking you know what you want so you should just go out there and try to pursue that it doesn't have to be in the form of like blunt going up to someone being like I want to date you or Mm -hmm. I want to sleep with you but you can still make gestures at a bar or in a a Mm -hmm. social outing to show interest like why does it have to be so tit for tat like yeah well like I'm only gonna go out with him if he approaches like if you had a friend you wouldn't even think twice about just texting them and inviting them out yeah like why do you have to wait for him to give three days notice to invite you out on a Saturday night like yeah Either go or don't go. Like, yeah. no, it's... no, absolutely. It's it's gotten kind of out of hand. You know, also just things that are sort of newer to to dating that maybe weren't around several years ago. It's mm-hmm. like that I think are just kind of ridiculous. It's like the whole um, appearance of this ghosting behavior, where it's like appropriate to just like fade away, and yep. that's an appropriate way to end a relationship rather than having a conversation with a person, or like the whole like hit it and quit it thing, even if it's been like. Mm-hmm. several dates it's like you know all all of these things you know i wasn't consulted when these rules were made and i think that's <laughs> fucking bullshit and in i just want to stop all of them exactly the rules, yeah so. like, how did this become a thing <laughs> okay so what are some of our takeaways from all of this oh man um, <laughs> there's so much here <laughs> have your own it's not rules but Standards. everyone should yeah. have their own values I mm-hmm. still say values it's like I hate when people say they're too picky or their their standards are too high I, I hate mm-hmm. when people say that because yeah. if it somehow shows that you're just better than everybody else and the thing is you're not yeah but better way to put this is to say I have these specific values that I'm looking for in a partner and I'm just looking for someone to fit those values mm-hmm. and to be aligned with my needs and my values. That's it. That's it. So um, one is forget the rules. Think about, you forget like the old way of dating. Forget about the new way of dating. Mm-hmm. Think about how you want to date. Yeah, make, make it your, your own, own rules. Make it your own. Yeah. I mean, I think also like just removing fear, like yeah. not having yeah. that drive, like the conversations you're going to have and the actions of texting and mm-hmm. whatever it is. Looking at it as an opportunity to understand someone and learn more about how you guys interact, Mm -hmm. opposed to like, is this going to scare them away? Yeah, totally. 
I think that also, you know, having your own, this is what I'm going to do. This is the way that I'm going to date. That's just a much more confident, sexy way to do it. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, when you know what you're going to do and, and what you're looking for, and you have that confidence to approach things in that way, then, you know, I don't know, you shine, good things happen. <laughs> and I like this, like you said, like on your date with the guy you're currently seeing, like talking about everything you shouldn't yes. talk about. Yeah. I think that's yes. a good, like screw the small screw talk. The like small talk. You, especially with, fun, especially yeah. with dating apps. I don't know how you guys met, but dating yeah. apps, a lot of times you have very few interactions to make that like date one or two doesn't go well. Like people will write people off quick. So why not? Get to the good stuff fast. Yeah. yeah. And also establishing how you want to communicate with each other. Like, um, yeah. yep. this guy travels a lot for work during the week and both been traveling a lot, you know, on the weekends and things like that. So it was like a pretty long stretch of time when we were going to see each other. And, you know, he asked me, he was like, how does that make you feel? Like, oh, I love you that. know, I know, right? He's like, do you feel okay in the way that we communicate, which has been a lot of texting. And I was like, well, you know, I could do with more communication. So yeah. he's like, I don't know. Let's call each other. Let's FaceTime. Let's really stay connected. That's um, great. That so it's, yeah. And you can set those those things. I think that people are really afraid to call each other these days, which yeah. is I love talking on the phone. Yeah. I love talking on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, well, everybody so does. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think you're like, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> but actually, like, I didn't like, I would notoriously, if guys would ask me to talk on the phone, I would always say no. But my ex-boyfriend really liked talking on the phone better than texting. Mm-hmm. So I did it to have that, like, barrier, obviously, meet someone else's needs. But yeah. I actually, in the end, liked it a lot better. Because mm-hmm. you actually have, like, a More deep conversation yeah. opposed yeah. to, like text but and then and then you don't necessarily have to be face to face to have a conversation connect but there's right and you can hear emotion in a voice over yeah nothing Uh, so you know with like our amazon culture these days where everything's customized and they keep recommending products to you because you ordered this why can't we customize our own dating i go back to that again yeah what are your communication preferences we get those all the time in emails oh i prefer email once a week and i prefer a phone call yeah i prefer a text you're right we should be talking about that with our with not just partners but people in your lives yeah right just tell everybody because if someone's a phone person and you're a text person you could be annoyed that they're not texting you enough yeah but that might not actually mean that they just don't like you and don't enjoy being around you. But right. that's an assumption you could. Okay, let's do a quick question of the day. Yeah. So this comes from Maria. Recently, I've had a string of guys that haven't confirmed dates until the very last minute. And this behavior infuriates me. I have tried to explain to them that I don't appreciate them disrespecting my time. But instead of them apologizing, they either stop responding to my texts or block me from the apps. Any ways you guys would suggest approaching this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maria, this sounds very frustrating. One way to get around this is to, uh, like what Margot said, in the very beginning, establish how you like to be communicated to. So before you even go on the dates, say, I really appreciate a confirmation the night before. Mm-hmm. Put yeah. that up front. It's, it's about really teaching somebody how you want to be treated. And the same, they teach you how they want to be treated. It's really, you know, like you said, it's a negotiation. Anyway. But I so, think historically we just assume like, oh, if oh, they don't yeah. confirm, they're not into it. But they like may not even have on their radar that no, that's think, something that's 
They do. Some people are are very last minute, and I've run into this a lot with Californians and East Coasters. Yep. And you know, for me, like I'm a really busy person, so if you don't get onto my schedule during the week, you're probably not going to get on there. It's just like mm-hmm. I would say, maybe not approaching it in a way that like this makes me so angry when you haven't even met somebody yet. Because I don't know about how you guys feel, but until you meet somebody, they're not really like a, a real a real <laughs> person to me. They're just a fake person. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so much abundance. You can order another person in your pocket these days. So. It's it's like, you know, I, I would say, say like, listen, I really would appreciate it if you confirmed the night before, yeah. you know, and maybe the first date, it's going to, it's going to be a last minute thing. And then you can talk about that on your date, but yeah, it seems like the guys are still showing up on these dates. It's just that they're confirming uh, very last minute, which yeah. is the part that bothers her. So I think instead of saying you're disrespecting my time, mm-hmm. these guys don't know that, mm-hmm. right? They may just think, well, I still showed up for the date. Yeah. So that may come off very combative. Instead of saying that, I think she should say, you know, I really appreciate that you planned this date and we went on, I had a great time. Just for the future, I really would appreciate a confirmation the night yeah. before yeah. to give me peace of mind. And we don't know if she's actually going on the dates because it said that they would block and oh, stop texting right, right, her. Right. Yeah. So if she's calling them out I think it definitely sensed a lot of anger in this yeah. message. So if you're calling someone out in a negative way, and like we said earlier, it's all about how you say it. Yeah. yeah. So that so could be, nice. be it. People so are probably nice. like, I don't really want to spend time with somebody who's coming up as like right. angry or aggressive. Or like you, know? you said, Margot, like, I don't even know this person and they're bitching me out. Like, I don't yeah. have time for this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I liked you. I said this in our episode, The Secret to Modern Dating <gasps> with Ned. I remember you said this idea about being like, oh, like, I'm not going to have my phone or I'm going to be away from my phone for a couple hours, like just confirming or something to just like get it out there right then. Like if that's something, again, that's putting it you in control Mm -hmm. opposed to waiting for someone else to do it. Totally. Like why can't you just be like, hey, is our date like... Just confirming we're still I on. I confirm, yeah. I totally do that. I'm like, hey, I just want to make sure that, you know, this yeah. is still on and whatever. I, I don't think that's a weird thing to do. I think that it's no, good. Like, not at all. And also, you know, if it's like on a, on a work day or something, you're probably like going to get ready a little bit differently if you're going on right. a date yeah. or something. So like we need that little... So men... Actually, confirming could just help have a much better date in May. Yeah, ways. that's true. We're going to look a lot better. Exactly. Yeah. And our mood will be better if you just confirm earlier. <laughs> yeah. I'm speaking personally, but manners go a long way with me. It's just yeah. like totally. basic, you know, basic manners. Like if you show just a little bit of manners, guys, like it's going to go a long way. It's going to be impressive. It's going to stand out. Or empathy. Like I can yeah. get ready in two minutes, but... Maybe this girl needs like a little more yeah, or lead wants time. To, yeah. Yeah. Or wants to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also had friends, like a friend um recently texted me texted me. She's like, What are you doing tonight? Like I'm really bummed out. I spent all this time getting ready this morning and then the guy canceled halfway through the day. And- oh. She's like, now I'm all like, you know, looking cute and just really bummed out. So just know that it has, you know, you hurt people's feelings when you do that. So just try to be mindful and conscientious. Yeah. I, I always bring back this story. This The reverse of it was I met this guy on Tinder and then we set up a date and then I had a meeting that I had to mm-hmm. take and I couldn't show, I couldn't go on the date. So I canceled last minute. And he called me out and said, hey, if you're serious about meeting me, then the ball's in your court. You plan the next time we meet. Mm-hmm. If this is your excuse of getting out of the date, then I appreciate you just being more straightforward. And he totally called me that's out. That's great, And though. that's actually a good really response to him. him. And really maybe Maria should take that, that approach. Right. Because yeah. yeah. that's, like, also not, like, if he was just like, oh, well, I'll see if she reaches out and not actually say that to you. Yeah. yeah. Then, like, who knows what would have happened. Exactly. And he 
would have probably... being clear and communicating instead of assuming and sort of jumping to, like, being angry or yeah. defensive or whatever. It's just kind of like, hey, like, where are you at? Just feeling yep. out the situation. And yeah. also, it's like, he almost, like, unloads it from his brain power. So he's like, okay, got it the out. The ball's in your court. Yep. You take control now. I don't yeah. even think about this anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've also heard from guys that a lot of girls cancel last night. All the time. We hear from men all the time. It's yeah. not just women. It's like, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. It is right. a thing. So we just have to be more respectful of each other. But again, everyone has different thresholds of what you, they think is okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Some girls may find like last minute confirmations is okay. And some people don't find that okay. You just have to communicate it. And I, I think there's nothing wrong with expressing how you feel, but in a nice way. Yes. In a nice, yeah. empathetic way. Okay. Any other last thoughts on this? It's interesting. My 99 year old grandmother, um, she said something to me that I thought was so interesting and kind of sad and also why I'm like we need to shake this all up because (laughs) she said to me she's like I don't think that women have ever been at a greater disadvantage in dating interesting and I was just like oh my gosh you were born in like the 30s (laughs) what are you talking about what but it made me really kind of think about it why did she say that do we know? Because I, I should really ask her for more background. I mean, maybe it's just because listening to like, well, you know, do you think it's because she, I actually, I think I might know where this is coming from because my grandmother's similar. I think it's because they assume because in their era, people got married really right, young right. and had children mm-hmm. young. So it's like, they don't really understand why we'd want to be in our 30s and not necessarily married with children. Mm, so right. it's like, oh, poor that you, do, yeah. opposed to like, go you, which is like. She also people. told me that the biggest mistake that I made was getting a dog. So this, you know, she's, not like, <laughs> she's, like, she's like, this is why you're single because you just don't need a man. I'm like, well, it's good that I don't need the well, person. That's, like, I think it's just the change of. Yeah, it's so generational. Mojo, thing. cover your ears. Yeah, Baxter, Baxter, if you're listening, cover your ears. <laughs> Every generation has their own opinions, but mm-hmm. we gotta deal with the current situation right. as it yeah. is. We can't, there's nothing else we can do. So let's just make the best out of it. Right, no guys? time yeah. machine. And no time machine. Yeah, I don't want to go back to the 1930s. Or no, anything. absolutely yeah. not. But I think that the key is just to know yourself, to to learn how to listen to what you want and then act on that and just communicate in a way that's yeah. being empathetic to other people, but also just asserting what you what you want and what you need and not feeling that that makes you a bad girl, but it just makes you a grown-up girl. <laughs> I love it. And Very I love true. that you have brought this into your life and it sounds like you've attracted someone that is yeah. also on the same boat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. We'll see, but it's promising. <laughs> it at least promising. If nothing even happens from it, at least you're having the conversations and you'll know yes. where you yes. stand. Just I know. And it's not scary. It hasn't been scary having those conversations. Good. It shouldn't be scary. Yeah. It should not be scary. Speaking of communication, guys, we want to hear from you, our (laughs) listeners. We want to know, you know, we bring you different topics every season and we want to know what more you want to hear from and who were some of your favorite guests. We want some feedback too. You know, it's good. So send us some feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, just like Margo just did, um, let us know as well. We are still looking for more guests. And uh, I guess we should wrap this up. Stay dateable. Your action item for this week is to take inventory of the things that don't make you feel so good in a relationship with someone in your life that could be romantic or not. And then think about a way of addressing these issues with that person in a way that's not blaming them, but it comes from a place of empathy and also it comes from a place of negotiation. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. 
Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. If you didn't know already, we have a revamped website with articles, videos, and content all about modern dating. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback about how actionable these episodes are. So check them out on our website or iTunes Music. Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with datable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.